This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose podcast. I'm your host, Blake Horseman, here with my buddy, as usual, Eric Bradley. And before we get into our episode for today with Lo, uh, I wanted to thank you guys. I had a lot of you know messages. We had a lot of messages. We didn't have a episode last week uh, on Thursday. Uh, fortunately, we had a lot going on. I was kind of in the midst of moving, and Eric, unfortunately, his mom had some health problems. So um, thank you guys for all the kind messages and everything, but that's why we missed last week. But we are back this week. We are back. How's your mom doing, by the way, Eric? Doing better? Uh, yeah, she's she's doing very much better. It's quite a scare. Um, every time she goes in, I'm, never, I'm always worried if she's going to come out at this point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she, thank goodness she she did great. She got home in two days and that's very rare for us. So she's a, she's a strong woman. That's for sure. Strongest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, absolutely. She's my hero. Yeah. So that's good news. It's good news. She's home. So because of that, Eric, uh, couldn't come to Cleveland last weekend. We always say family first. That was great. Well, you know, glad you decided to stay family first. And if you know me, that's the only family that I have. So exactly. (laughs) So I was riding solo in Cleveland, but shout out to Cleveland was a hell of a weekend. So much fun. Great turnout. Barley House, shout out to Barley House for having having us. I had some big FOMO. Yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric was calling and texting a little bit here and there. <laughs> Dude, it was it was fun, man. It was Cleveland's a low-key fun city. It is a very fun city. Well, I think I told you, I was like, dude, it's a sleeper city. It is, man. It's a sleeper city. They're my kind of people, man. They're blue collar and they like to party. Like mm-hmm. they're my kind of people, man. And you missed your flight, right? <laughs> Just on, on, <laughs> on brand, Blake misses his fucking flight. You know what? That's why I need Eric there. Eric, I'm like, listen, I can't miss my flight if Eric's there because he's on my flight. He's my companion, so I can't miss it. <laughs> uh, but then once he wasn't there, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change this to another day. Except for I'm the one who normally is the one that misses flights. <laughs> yeah, so oh. twice now, I think you missed a flight. <laughs> I never miss a flight. I just will cancel or reschedule. <laughs> uh, I was up. I could have made that one, but I was like, you know what? Cleveland was hella fun. So I'm going to stay another night. So it was a good time. Went out and I don't know, down by the, it's a cool city. We'll just say that it's a really cool city. And then, yeah, we got some fun things on the docket. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually still upset about Monday's episode still. Like, <laughs> I think people have heard our, <laughs> I'm still fired up. I had, I had a few people DM me about like, way to call him a weak ass man. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's so funny. Cause I still see some people out there defending him. Not as not very many, but there are some. Yeah. Did you happen to see Connor's? trying yeah. to defend you see, he him. took it back though that's <laughs> you see, better it was a horrible yeah. he deleted his tweet <laughs> attempt yeah that was not a good he'll learn he'll learn yeah. <laughs> more than anything just... what you guys saw, you saw 20 seconds well you you heard your buddy's 20 seconds <laughs> and honestly word on the street is i was talking to some people they said that that argument or whatever you want to call it is eight hours long they were talking oh. all day they were yelling and screaming and all that all day so we saw literally Fucking 15 minutes of that wow. of eight hours. So, and in a way I do have empathy. Like I said, you know, this, the way, you know, still team Katie on that one, what we saw, whew, 
Hey, we're definitely team Katie. Yeah. I think that was very uh, evident in our <laughs> recap episode. <laughs> Uh, but I am looking forward to that after the final rose, man. Monday is going to be fire. Three hours, three fucking hour finale on Monday. And it's going to be a lot, but I'm excited for it. Woo-hoo, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And then also next weekend, guys, we'll be down in Nashville for Blended Fest. It's going to be insane. We are so pumped. So all our Nashville listeners out there, come on out. Yeah. And if, uh, if you follow Blake right now, he's doing a giveaway. And if that goes well, you know, we might, uh, we might throw a giveaway on the behind the rose page too, for, uh, four tickets and meet and greets for one lucky winner and three friends. Yeah. So keep an eye out guys at the behind the rose page. And you're announcing the winner tomorrow, Friday, right? Yeah. I'm announcing the winner tomorrow. Probably I'm going to say tomorrow night, I'll let it go till maybe like eight Eastern. And then I'll go ahead and announce the winner. We'll just, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be up at my mom's I think I'm just gonna have my mom pick a number between one and however many comments, and then I'm going to run down, count the comments. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count the comments. What does it really take for somebody to win these? <laughs> it's completely random. I'm not going to like, I could scroll and pick. What, what kind of DM slide will get no, your attention? No, no, I'm doing <laughs> completely random. I'm going to film it. I'm going to have my mom pick a number between one and however many comments, and I'm going to count down. It's take forever. I'm going to count down the comments. So that's uh, completely, and then we'll probably do the same at random yeah. for this, for uh, Behind the Rose. But that is going to be a blast, guys. That lineup is insane. It's going to be so fun. It's a wine and culinary event. It's going to be some good food, some good wine. It's a good music. It's going to be a fun weekend. So, oh, also, I'll be playing right now. I'll be playing Sunday at the Virgin Hotel pool on Sunday. And then hopefully somewhere else that weekend. I'm playing Friday officially for the fest. So those of you wondering, I'm playing Friday officially for the festival. And then I'll be in Nashville throughout the weekend. So it'll be a good time. Can't wait to get back to Nashville. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. So, well, I guess we were there and for Dirty Little Secret. and We actually have a rare weekend off. I was going to go to Montreal this weekend, but COVID's fucking freaking me out. So I decided I didn't want to get stuck in Canada. So got, got some work coming up here. Yeah, I can't, I can't be fucking quarantined in Canada for 14 days. So yeah, I uh, decided to cancel that. But I'm going to be out in LA next week too, Tuesday to Thursday. And then from, thir- from in Nashville, Thursday to Monday. So be on the road a little bit. And a little jealous Eddie. Eddie gets to uh, see our good friends, Jason Silver. Yep. It's going to be a fun one. Tomorrow night, actually. Uh, yeah. Tonight. It's actually tonight. Yeah. Tonight. So, yep. Thursday night. Not only the uh, first concert we've had, but uh, it's the opening of Jason Aldean's tour. So, mm-hmm. Which is always fun. The opening of a tour. Is- They'll be all rusty and suck. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd's going to be lit up. And Hardy. Oh, Hardy's. I've never met Hardy, so I'm meeting him for the first time t- uh, tonight. So that's going to be cool. You have to watch him. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good, he puts on a show. Well, and yeah. I'm excited too. Lainey Wilson is opening, yeah. and we've had her on the show before, and she is fun. Yeah. yeah. So one of these days we get Hardy on here. That'd be fun. Yeah. Gotta. I'll bring it up. I'll yeah, bring, bring it, up. it up to him. I'm 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 doing the backstage tonight, so I'll let you know. There you go. Yeah, we'll get Hardy nice. on here. Yeah, if, if Jason brings the energy he brought in Detroit, which I'm because you yeah. could tell he missed being in front of fans. Yeah, well, they've yeah. been here for a few days doing dry runs because it's the first show of the tour, so it's exciting. Nice. That'll yeah. be a fun weekend for sure. So, well, you'll have to tell everybody hello for us yeah. out tell there. I will. I know y'all got some FOMO going over here for real. We got to go down to Virginia Beach at some point. We're gonna make it down there for something. Well, it's yeah. been raining all week in Chile, so you haven't missed a thing. Not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect hoodie weather. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Hoodies on the beach. That's gonna yep. be uh that'll be the event when when Eric becomes a big promoter. Hoodies on the beach with That's Blake Horseman. 
performing Hoodie on the beach. It's <laughs> actually kind of just like two stepping in the Yeezys, two stepping yep. in the Yeezys. I already got two. That's two, two album singles. covers, bro. That's two, two singles. Yeah. <laughs> two singles. Hoodies on the beach and two stepping in my Yeezys. Hey, I'm excited though because Low uh, on this episode has some suggestions on how Eric can up his style game, and I'm excited yes. to see him implement some of those down the road. I think it's funny because I feel like I have the style. Blake is the one who needed the advice. No, it's the same thing. You're the same as me. You wear the same shit every day. I wear the same shit every day. Like, I feel like we're very, I'm a lost cause for sure. Like he even was like, wait, you wear cowboy boots, jeans, and t-shirt. He's like next. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful people don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just, I think. I don't, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, but it is a really fun episode, guys. He gives him some styling advice. Talks about how he uh, oh, he got started in the, that incredibly difficult industry. So um, coming up, our chat with Lowe behind the rose. Today, we have special guest Lowe Von Roof. Thanks for coming on, man. Did I say that right? Oh, wow. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> rolled it quick, Von Roof. I just rolled it, and then I was like, wait, I didn't say that right. After he told me, I he We got Levon Von Roof here. Um, <laughs> it's Low. The last name is Von Roof. Blake, we are friends, and you should know better. We're just going to call him Low, okay? Uh, yeah, Low's easier. God bless no, it. No, man, appreciate you coming on. I'm honored to be here. I can't believe we haven't actually met. Uh, we have, Blake. Oh, boy. Met many times. No, I'm kidding. It was the podcast tour. <laughs> not many times. Not many times. No, I think I think we had we met uh, we met podcaster, but that's all a blur. Come on now, you know. I think it was a green room situation. Caitlin was there, and it was like, "Hey, Blake. Hey, what's up, Low? Whatever." Yeah, you know, it was one of those. Yeah, it was, yeah, 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 it yeah. doesn't really count. This is a real meeting, but I've heard about you. <laughs> this um, through Caitlin <laughs> and Jason. They love you, um, and now I do too. Yeah, and then yesterday, I know you felt like you got a kick to the dick. Because you had uh, posted uh, a really, I thought it was cute, but you know, thank you. Matching sets could be polarizing. It's a bold move, and the thing is, uh, well, I just just to get into that, can we just touch on that for yeah, a sec? Let's do it. Listen, though, I want to get to know you, but I also need style advice. Like, yeah. I might be the least stylist person. Uh, oh, hey, fashion. I'm low, and I'm a stylist, <laughs> and I'm freaking happy to be here, uh, fashion stylist. But yeah, that outfit, um, I know you got a little shit on for that, but I love that you took a bold move. I like a matching set, perfect for summer. The glasses were cool. Yeah. You had the hat on with it. It's a moment. The thing is, if you had dropped a single or you had an album release coming out, then people would be more like, I'm for this outfit. But because you didn't release a Bruno Mars track, people <laughs> were feeling it. But don't listen you know, to the haters. <laughs> you do you, Blake. And I love it. Keep taking chance. Because guys are so vanilla. So I like when people throw a little spice in there. You know? It's true. It's true. And I feel like sometimes we get shit on for being like going out there, getting out of our comfort zone a little. It was funny because you're, you're so right. Like musicians and artists get a pass. They can wear whatever they want. And oh, and stylists. Okay. I wear like shit, like little TikTokers are 15. <laughs> I'm wearing my little freaking tube socks with short shorts and a freaking denim jacket with some assless chaps. And people are like, <laughs> fashion. He's a stylist. <laughs> killing it but like outside of that career uh, a 32 year old grown-ass man would like that doesn't work yeah exactly because because i'm pretty old and i and i love colors i fucking yeah. dress pretty flashy oh no, yeah love it yeah except you wear wear a sweatshirt everywhere <laughs> yeah but it's but they're like colorful sweater hoodies and custom hoodies tie-dye oh shit yeah that he wears a lot of tie-dye and stuff 
even like bomber jackets like yeah i wear a lot of bomber i think yeah next time somebody's like why are you wearing that I'd be like i'm a stylist and they'll be like, oh yeah. okay okay <laughs> yeah yeah or i'm about to drop a single <laughs> so for those of you that don't know lo is a stylist is that something you always wanted to do like is that no. something you just were all, no <laughs> i just fell into it yeah kind like, of damn, i have good style i'm from yeah. <laughs> you made a mistake on one outfit and you're like holy shit you got a ton of compliments who <laughs> you know what kind of on to something here <laughs> The rest is history. Uh, no, I, I didn't go into I actually wanted to be a dermatologist. Um, I thought dermatologist or a chef because I love to cook. So I, I thought I would go down that route. That wasn't something I was wanting to do. I like doing it to myself, realized I wouldn't have fun um, on a bunch of random people. Same goes for cooking. Love to cook, um, but would be so bummed if there was a Karen who was like, send these enchiladas back. This fucking arroz con pollo tastes like shit. Um, I can't. Oh, sorry. Can I curse on this podcast? Oh, yeah. oh, oh fuck's sake. Okay. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so, yeah, I didn't go down that route. And then what happened, what happened was I grew up here in uh, well, Orange County, California. Are you familiar with Orange County at mm -hmm. all? Yeah. Okay. Disneyland, you know. Um, anyway, so I grew up there, which is just. 45 minutes from Los Angeles. So then when I was around seven, I was doing like little commercials and acting gigs. And I was so into that um, and like little modeling things here and there. And then I thought maybe I'll break into entertainment. Like maybe I'll be like, I don't know, a little Olsen twin vibe or something cute, you know, or what's that cute guy um, who was Simba in the Lion King? God, he was precious. Tyler Taylor Thomas, I think. Or one of, his Jonathan Taylor he? Thomas. Jonathan Taylor, Taylor. Yeah, I know it was something like that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, love him. So I was like, I'm going to be the next Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but like spicy because I'm Latino. <laughs> um, and that didn't end up happening. So I was actually always in love with clothes and fashion. And I had gone to a shoot. And this, I, I had booked a gig and it was for a modeling gig and I wasn't booking shit because I don't have that Abercrombie and Fitch corn fed, like white dude look mm -hmm. that was really in at the time still is, you know, if you watch the bachelor, you understand that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more on the spice. I'm a, I guess uh, not androgynous. I, I definitely look like a male, but I'm a <laughs> culturally ambiguous. That's there the word. Ooh, that was good. My that was God, good. it's been a long day. So people don't know what I am. Italian, a little spice of black they don't know what i am but i'm hispanic with the splash of german anyway that wasn't the vibe back then um so i booked one gig was so excited uh, i went the stylist didn't show up they that all the merch there it was for like hudson jeans uh and the photographer was like you know what screw this the the stylist isn't showing up i'm so fed up and i just kind of faked it till i made it. and i was like i like to style I'm a fashion stylist <laughs> and he's so fed up. He's like, that's fine. Like do it, whatever. We just need to get this going, you know? Um, so I did that. Uh, and that was like my first introduction to styling. I mean, it was been a long road. I've been doing this for 12 years now, but mm -hmm. that went great. Uh, and then I kind of was bitten by the little fashion bug and yeah, all my friends were models and actors up and coming, uh, back in that day and that time. Uh, and then, yeah, I started dressing them and I made like a fake book because social media didn't really exist back then. So I would take pictures mm -hmm. of you, Blake, and like make you look all modely, you know, buy some shit at Nordstrom. But I had a, my book or my portfolio and I would just basically take photos of my friends who are attractive and dress them in 
cool outfits. And that was like how I presented it and make up fake covers of magazines or fake editorials mm -hmm. and present that to people in the industry, agents, publicists, managers. And the ball started to slowly start, you know, rolling for me. Um, it was a slow uh, start to the career. You know, I didn't start making money in it. I think until like five years in like real money where I could quit the full-time job that I had. Mm -hmm. um, and I was working like retail jobs and just, you know, the hustle. Mm -hmm. That explains your passion oh, yeah. for styling because most people would have been like, fuck this. Like after a year, like F this, like I, know. I don't have time yeah. for this, you know? So that's pretty cool. Well, I kind of looked at it like, you know, I'm, I know I'm good at this and I didn't go to school for it, but I have a natural eye and I study the hell out of it. And I'm so fascinated, but more than the fashion, because some people that get into fashion, I, stylists get a bad rap. Stylists do because you think like, oh, like kind of bitchy, um, little judgy, perhaps mm -hmm. always wanting designer stuff. And all of those things are true, but um, there's more to me than that. And <laughs> I'm not, I'm not judgy. Um, I can give a shit what anyone wears. You know, most people are like, oh my God, like, don't look at my outfit. Wear whatever you want, as long as you're comfortable. More than the fashion for me, what has hooked me for the last decade is the that fashion and style. To me, it's so transformative. It's very psychological. And I love knowing that I can take someone who is maybe struggling with their self-confidence, not feeling good about themselves, especially in LA. Oh, my God. Some of the most beautiful people I've had the opportunity to work with in the world and, and they're killing it. They have money and they're good looking and all the like existential things that you would equate with being happy. They have all that shit, lots of followers, bullshit, but they're miserable and they don't like the way they look. So that being said, if I could come into their lives and, and style them and transform them in a way and make them feel confident when they go on a red carpet and have these HD cameras taking a million shots of them showing every single flaw that they think they have. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so difficult, you know, to be put in that position. Um, so if I could help in easing that anxiety for them or making them feel really good in their skin, that is the, the high that I'm addicted to. That's the feeling that's kept me coming back over and over for more. Uh, because I just love the, the psychological process of someone feeling confident and good in their skin when they hadn't before, which is usually the case, say 90%. That's that's like a superpower to be honest. Like that's amazing. And it's yeah. funny you said like some of the most successful and prettiest people are often the most insecure for Miserable. sure. Since I've been in this. Yeah. So I've been in this industry. That's the one thing I've realized. Like sometimes most successful people are the unhappiest people and most insecure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. Even when it comes to like, when you reach a certain pinnacle of success and money. Uh, sometimes you can have a team that's great. If you keep, you know, sometimes family involved, but a lot of times, most of the people on your team are on your payroll. Most of the people in your camp, they're, they're getting slices of the pie. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to find someone that will really shoot you straight or really kind of just give you a quick, like, check if you need it. Um, and that's where I come in. Cause even though I am getting paid now I'm at the point where I have clients where I can pick and choose who I want to work with. So people get a, a dose of reality with me and they just feel safe and comfortable. So I don't know if it's very familial, like the relationships I have with my clients, if it's very vulnerable, like you're literally getting naked and, and styling some, you know, it's the most vulnerable physical type thing. It's very intimate. So yeah. these bonds that I have with my clients are so strong. That's where, you know, like Caitlin or Jason or people that I've met have literally become like family to me yeah. um, after these years of styling them, because I mean, yeah, we kind of lay it all out, you know?
That's actually very true. I never really thought about that. It is very intimate job that you have. This industry is incredibly difficult to get into. Yeah. Uh, you've done well for yourself. You know, you've, you've built a brand. You have built a brand. Oh, How have you been able to do that? Like I said, I know it took some time and you faked it till you made it, which I swear by. Yeah. Uh, but you've really built a brand. And like, how, how have you been able to do that? Especially in a market like LA. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The approach that I took is I was seeing all these stylists and and they were always like on Rodeo Drive and they were always like being photographed with whatever celebrity that they were with. And I felt like there was a dependency as because I'm an artist, essentially, you know, I, I, my art, my canvas is clothing, fashion sort of thing. Um, so I noticed that th it was so reliant. A lot of these other styles that were killing it. And I would always look left and right, which is the first mistake. Don't look left or right. Just keep looking forward because you're always going to end up tripping if, if you keep looking and seeing what other people are doing in your industry. But anyway, I was doing that for a while and realizing like, yeah, I'm down for designer stuff. And like, but it's not what drives me. The psychology and the feeling and the transformation process, that's what's driving me. I was like, okay, so I don't want to post like Chanel and Gucci all the time. By the way, anyone that's looking at those IG stories of those stylists, it's such an unattainable lifestyle. And it's mm -hmm. not even reality. Because that's like, I'd say me getting to go to Chanel and pick out some fancy shit or going to Gucci and dropping money on my client's credit card. That's cool. But like, that's probably, I'd say an hour of the day. The rest of the time is... It's like sweating my ass off, steaming shit and just <laughs> grinding. It's a lot of work, you know, and prep. Um, so I thought, why don't I just kind of shed a light on that? And my brand is just going to be, uh, I don't know, honesty. And I, I have, I've always used hum humor as a coping mechanism for me. And so I thought I can't take myself too serious. Everybody is doing that. And, and they're almost becoming like celebrities themselves, these stylists, like these personalities totally. that are very like influencer e which again no shade to those people like if you're making money and you're happy like do you boo um but for me i just thought i'm gonna just be honest and real and talk about like uh the stuff that i'm going through and how it's not glamorous at all at times and i i am struggling at times and the thing is the brand that i've built now is just people that are so invested in the journey with me because they they're there with me. They know when I'm screwing up. They know when things are hard, even like the podcast that's kind of went into the whole branding thing. Um, the low life podcast, I launched that. And it's a super look into an industry, having conversations with guests that are very revealing at times. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I just think if you keep it real and you're authentic, that could be a brand in itself. Really though. I mean, you get it. So. I would say that's my brand, honestly. Yeah. Like, I fell in love on TV like that. And I was vulnerable on TV and that's kind of my brand now and mental health and all that. So I yeah. totally get that. Absolutely. Because there are stereotypes within sure. your industry and within just like LA and the entertainment industry in general. So it's pretty cool. That you're breaking down those stereotypes and those social norms, if you will. And people are responding in a good way. Like they're not like, I don't want to see the hard parts of your journey or your, you know, the industry, but they're actually starting to follow you. And like you said, you got a very almost cult following. I feel like yeah. based on breaking down stereotypes, you know? Yeah. Well, and I love when I get messages from people that are like, Hey, love, I've been following you. My dream was to be a fashion stylist. And that dream has been shattered. And I definitely <laughs> <laughs> want nothing to do with your career because I see you're like, wow, it's your bust in your ass to this day. Um, there are amazing parts about it. Like I said, getting to see someone on a carpet and, and, and light up a room in an outfit that I picked out for them. That's awesome. Um, you know, that keeps me coming back for more, but, but yeah, you're right. I, I guess I'm very connected with my, my listeners and my followers mm -hmm. and stuff. Cause I just lay it out like you do in a way, you know, yeah. and people, 
I don't know, especially nowadays with the podcast, too, people can smell some inauthentic bullshit a mile away. And it's it's stanky and it's just no one wants to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's yeah, if you can't keep a facade that long. Eventually, you're going to have to like show what the hell's really going down. So, yeah, it's kind of nice to do that, especially yeah. in like a fashion Beverly Hills type of vibe, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I just had Rachel Zoe on my podcast. Do you guys know who she is? Yep. Do you remember her? The Rachel mm-hmm. Zoe project? Yeah. She was like the pinnacle for me. Like she always had like the big glasses and the fur and shit. And she'd always be stressed with her little lattes. <laughs> and I was like, I want to be Rachel Zoe. Um, and then I told her on the podcast, I'm like, it's not anything like it, the show, like Rachel, you've led me down a path of lies and deceit. Um, and she's like, I know, babe, but like, you know, <laughs> it's not everything you think it is. Um, but that's gotta be pretty cool though. Like full circle. Yeah, it was full circle. On your pod. Yeah. That's yeah. That cool. was pretty cool to have her on. Yeah. So you kind of talked about some of these like red carpets you've walked and some celebrities, you know, you've dressed, what has been one of the, I don't not necessarily your favorite, but like a moment that sticks out to you where you were like, I, you know, created that, outfit or dress or whatever it was Is oh, it like a moment that stands out to you yeah i mean well every every red carpet moment is a freaking situation a moment blake but you know what <laughs> i'd say like standout ones there's one th- that would resonate with your audience uh probably caitlin bristow who's one of mm-hmm. my best friends i love that puta so much that little <laughs> canadian maple delight what a freaking national treasure she is. <laughs> she's the best yeah, yeah. But I remember she had done um, the Country Music Awards. Uh, she was invited to go. And I think she was with Sean at the time. Anyway, uh, she got worse dressed. I think she picked up a dress at like Urban Outfitters or something like that. <laughs> that it was like literally <laughs> like packed up. You know, she threw some banana boat on the arms, little lip smackers. And she called it a day. Kind of blew out her own hair. <laughs> you know, things were a little rough back then. So anyway, and she talks openly about that. I'm not throwing shade. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She's like, I was a potato with hair. I'm like, <laughs> no, like, I still think she looked beautiful. By the way, I look at that photo of that Urban Outfitter H&M dress and I'm like, kind of killing it in your own right um but she was she was bummed because people kind of slammed her for the outfit and were like the country music awards in nashville that's like the oscars of country music Mm, so people really dress up and and it's black tie so anyway the next year that's when i came into her life like a little fashion fairy sprinkling my (laughs) dust on her ass and uh and i was like caitlin we're gonna have a freaking moment and plus she was hosting on the carpet yeah i remember she hosted that year yeah. So we had this beautiful custom outfit and it was like this black crop top and this like super dramatic skirt. And she had all these like black diamonds and it was just like such a vibe, such a look. And she just felt incredible and just looked the part so much so that when she walked on the carpet, like people were photographing like Carrie Underwood, which come on America's yeah, yeah. sweetheart. We love Carrie. Uh, but then Caitlin walked on and people were like, Oh shit. Like, who is <laughs> this queen? Um, and this cameras went nuts and she just felt so good as she should. So that to me was, uh, and I was there witnessing though. I got to video the whole thing. Um, it was such a high, uh, and yeah. plus she, her and I are very close anyway. So it felt like seeing like my sister out there killing it. It was so exciting. You know, it's, it was like a full black dress, right? Like I actually remember it. Cause I remember her hosting and watching it be like, that's Caitlin Bristow. She had the abs out little crop top black. And then, yeah, she had the little crop. Yeah. I do remember that. Oh outfit, yeah. yeah. She did her crunches that week and she looked <laughs> great. Um, so we did, uh, that was a big one. And then I got to work with cool arts. Like, like Ricky Martin is a sweetheart. Um, living La Vida Loca 
and uh, you <laughs> I know, heard that he name was, in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky Martin. But he was he was a cool one to work with, just because I, I was always a fan. So yeah, I've I've moments like those where it's like a redemption story of like you got slammed with another stylist or because you dressed yourself and now you get to feel amazing is like. Uh, Bottle it up, drink it, give me more. It's the best feeling. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling. So what year was that then that you started working with Caitlin? Oh, shoot. I think that was like like four four or five years years ago. ago? Four years ago? It's been about four years. Yeah, I think so. Shoot. I don't know the exact year of that one. I'm trying to remember. God, I've known her for over that amount of time. Oh, really? Um, You just kind of knew her and then started working with her? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she wasn't really having gigs for me to style her for. Um, it would just be like press appearances and little things. So I would dress her for those sort of things, but she wasn't doing like a major red carpet. Um, and that was like one of the first big ones she had done, you know, or a second time around. So That's yeah, I, I got brought in for that. Yeah. Well, you guys are obviously very close. Oh, you're going to be a uh, bridesmaid, right? In her, in her yeah. wedding. That's the thing. <laughs> I was a little torn because I, I Jason's like, well, like you to be on my side. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize, Blake, you're close with Jason, right? You guys yeah, are yeah, very close. Mm-hmm. Eric, do you know him too? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You guys are familiar with the Tardic. Yeah, we're really close. Yeah. He's a little wolf on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, little East Coast. That's some style right there. A little East Coast style. Oh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I I fell hard and I fell quick for Jason Tardic. That's the thing. Well, because uh, Caitlin was doing Dancing with the Stars. Yep. And and that was filmed in Los Angeles, and this was like. Oh my God, it feels like forever ago, but it's coming up on a year in August. You and Jason were kind of all each had each other. We fell in love. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys' stories yeah. cracked me up. Jason was always, you guys' stories were great. Oh, we were just obsessed with each other. I'll never forget when KB won. They're watching your guys' response together. Oh yeah, he filmed, awesome. which I didn't even realize he was filming the reaction of, of him watching it. Um, but that like, it like went viral. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like millions of people were yeah, yeah. watching that shit. I was yeah. <laughs> wild, but the, our dynamic, um, I mean, it could go one of two ways when you're in a confined space. It was, I think an 800 square foot apartment, oh, wow. which is great for like one or two people, but it's tough for three grown adults and two large dogs that take monstrous dumps. <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's a, it's a tight. And also <laughs> like we're stuck in there because, and if I had to leave, um, then I'd have to quarantine. Cause that was the time like pandemic was like full, like don't leave. No one knows what's going on. Um, it just felt really stressful. And that was also the election. So all these like oh. riots and people were like looting and shit. Gosh, that's right. It was a really weird time to be in LA. Right below your guys' building. If I remember Jason's stories. Oh, literally Jason's uh, building that they had, you know, Caitlin, we called it the sky cage um, because we couldn't leave, but they were on like the 15th floor or something like that. Um, but below it, it's in the heart of Hollywood. Um, so it's just like, there was rioting on the left homeless shelters mm-hmm. on the right um, and, and a bunch of protesters in the middle and then ambulances with COVID patients. <laughs> yeah. Just, Oh yeah. There was the COVID. Like, oh yeah. That was yeah. wild too. Insane. It was just a surreal experience. So I was like, I'm either going to, I, I went to Caitlin's with the intention of hanging out for a weekend. She, and she's like, I don't know how long I'm going to stay and do dancing with the stars. If I get sent home, like it's over. Um, and then, I mean, she went all the way through. So what <laughs> turned into like three days was actually like three months um, <laughs> of spending that amount of time with each other. And yeah, I feel like Jason and I took a fast pass to the front of the line of friendship. Like we just went there and yeah, like I said, in those situations, I thought, well, we fought for sure. Oh my God. Yeah, Jason, of course. And I, 
Yeah, yeah, we definitely got. Well, Jason's not the easiest person. Yeah, yeah. He's just so much sometimes. He's it's like lot. slow down, Jason. Just yeah. calm down. Like, oh, our fights were the best too. I, I actually kind of love them. <laughs> <laughs> Even our fights, I'm like, I love you, Jay, uh, because we worked it out always. Um, but I'm spicy, you know, and Jay has a little. I don't even know. He's white, maybe Italian. He's a mixture of something, something. Yeah, I think that's he's anyway, just a greasy fucker. He, he's <laughs> the East Coast vibe in him comes out. Um, so we would go at it once in a while, but but we just got extremely close and have stayed close. And Caitlin as well. So mm-hmm. whatever bond we had going into it just intensified. And now I'm like, I'm gonna go stay with him for a few weeks in October. And oh, awesome. yeah, the rest is kind of history, which has been kind of nice. So for the wedding, why don't they just put you in the middle and you just officiate it? Yeah, I would say officiate. <laughs> Hey, that'd be the dream. I would yeah. love I wonder to who, do that. Are they going to have a like, celebrity officiate? Offici- wow, a celebrity. I mean, is it going to be Chris Harrison? I know. It's, I was really just thinking that. <laughs> Could be. Could, uh, I doubt be. it. Spoiler alert. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about headlines. That'd steal yeah, right? the wedding. Like That'd just steal the show. Yeah. Can we get that oh. running right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that'd be uh, but I'm, I'm excited for that wedding. It's going to be uh, incredible. Yeah, that is going to be such a fun wedding. I cannot wait. It's going to be insane. Yeah, it'll be a good one. So I'm fun. probably going to be Blake's plus one. <laughs> you know, I hope I don't get a girlfriend by then. Uh, he owes me a few plus ones. <laughs> I mean, I've got a oh, few there plus you go. <laughs> That's yeah, so cash true. in on that one. Hopefully, I'll just make the list. You might. You might. You probably make the list. <laughs> we'll be right back. So, did, are you? able to style Caitlin when she's hosting for Bachelor? No, I'm not. I know. I mean, I will. I know the stylist who does it. He's been doing it forever. Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work, I've worked with him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet guy. I've, I've met him once or twice, uh, but he's been doing this forever. Like that specific gig. Since the beginning. Literally. So, I mean, good for him. And I think he does a great job. And, and yeah, that's, so that's the thing. Styling as much as I'd love to style Caitlin and she's requested it and stuff. It just can't happen because it's just network. Yeah. So he's literally the bachelorette stylist. He's or bachelor. Um, so he's been doing that for, I think 24 or 25 years, something like that. Yeah. And, I mean, or and year, that's no, a, not 25 years, sorry, 25 seasons. <laughs> but that's a dope gig that Carrie's got there. You know? <laughs> yeah. That is called job security. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm like, he's doing his thing. What's sweet though, is he'll, uh, Caitlin will have fittings and she'll be like, does this work or whatever? Like, so I still kind of help her in that way. Um, but he's doing his thing and doing great with her. Yeah. And then I, I style her for like, she, she had like good morning America or, you know, press appearances and stuff like that. So I'll do that sort of thing for her. Like dancing with the stars. I wasn't about to like make her a costume and like bead her some shit at midnight. Um, they have a whole team of, of amazing yeah. seamstresses that take care of all of that through, uh, dancing with the stars. So, mm-hmm. but I would dress her for all the stuff, you know, leading up to it, which was fun. That's great. So when you go to get new clients, or whatever, I guess now you're to the point where they come to you, huh? Right. They come to you. I mean, yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even say that in like a braggy way because like it's been a freaking road to even. <laughs> yeah. You put in the work for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I still never lose. I'm a, I'm a hustler. I come from, you know, freaking uh, immigrants and, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I have that hustle mentality uh, and I don't know, I, yeah, now, uh, for the most part, people will contact me surprisingly enough. No one goes on my website. Like that used to be the place where you book a client. Um, they go check out your website, see everything there now, hundred percent Instagram DM. Yep. They slide in the DMS. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of nice now too, because 
yeah, I'm great with clothing and I can pick out amazing outfits. Sure. But now they want to make sure like they vibe with you. They want to make sure that what kind of personality does this guy have? Um, what's his look like? They see who I follow. There's a lot of factors that you can get. If you really look at someone's Instagram page and, you know, you can get a good sense of who the hell you're dealing with. So your online resume now. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, mine can be a little messy. Uh, on my page, I like to have fun <laughs> with my stories and stuff, but surprisingly <laughs> my, my clients are like, so down, they love it. So they're like, we love you being a mess. Like keep doing you not a mess <laughs> professionally, personally, but professionally, I'm always bringing it, you know, I'm on top of, of my game, but yeah, for the most part, it's through the gram. And then sometimes I'll even reach out to people because I have access to, you know, just, well, anyone has access to DM someone and, and say yeah. like, I'd love to work with you. So that's kind of cool. You got that too. blue check mark, though. You got that blue check mark. Okay. That, that makes a difference. <laughs> that makes a difference in the DMs. I'll tell you it? what. Oh, sure oh yeah. Does. Oh, yeah. When I scroll through DMs, I look for those blue check marks. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. okay, it's usually brands. You know, it's either a brand or somebody, you know, somebody else in the industry. So in the business. Yeah. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So if you had some advice for, you know, some listeners who want to get into the industry, what would be, other than don't do it, what would be oh, your advice oh, to get, become a stylist? Yeah. Just keep running. <laughs> Set your goals on something else, kings or queens. No, uh, I'd say, you know what? Honestly, if you want to get into it, it's a whole different ballgame now, to be honest. But as much as I think, like, I don't have it in me, if I were to start now, I'd probably, oh my God, I can't even imagine starting now. It's because it's just so different. Like me faking it till I was making it, you can't do that now, really. Yeah. I mean, because it's just people are too accessible and like through social media, like me putting up a fake magazine cover, that's not going to fly. That worked <laughs> with my little laminated Kinko's binder in 2004. <laughs> but now we'll be like, are you nuts? Um, this is bullshit. And they'll call you out <laughs> on it. But the only good thing is now, I, although um, you can't really fake it till you make it you can have access to some incredible people because of social media. So you could use it in your favor. And I feel like if you just put yourself out there, if you're, if you're wanting to get into fashion or entertainment in any way, shape or form, I'm just fashion's what I know. Um, but even it's a hairstylist or a makeup artist. Like I know that a lot of them, they do great work. They post about it. Uh, they're sending it, they're tagging the right people in it, the brands, and they're, they're actually making an impact and getting work from that. So you could use social media to your advantage in that way um, and just hustle your ass off. And so like the, the free photo shoots that I was doing back in the day of dressing my, my cute friends, um, you can still do that to this day and post it, not lie and say it's a magazine cover, but like <laughs> you can still, you know, tag the brands and stuff. And exactly. Yeah. So surprising to me, I'll see people who are just so new to the business and they're up for some of the same assignments that I'm up for, like same gigs. I'm like, how did that happen? But yeah. again, the power of social media, you can take a fast pass to the front of the line that way. So I'd say that's the first thing is hustle, put it out there on, on the gram. Don't be afraid to take a little bit of a leap. And then the other thing is this business will chew you up and spit you out. And that's any industry for that matter, especially like corporate America. Shit, that's a rough one. Ugh, but uh, this one will too. And I will say knowing your worth. Uh, it took me about five years to know my worth in the business. And like I said, not making money, always doing free shit, always just wanting to build relationships and connect with people so I could hopefully lay a foundation for something else. That's fine in the beginning, but then you have to look in the mirror and be like, yep. I got to eat. I want to like, 
I remember like wanting like guacamole at Chipotle and being like, shit, is my card going to go through? <laughs> but like my client is waiting in the freaking parking lot in a Bentley. Yeah. Come on now. That's not cool. So, so true. Some of these rich ass people don't want to pay. So you have to really start setting a value to your work and yourself, yeah. because if you value yourself then other people will. So I'd say, and that's for, again, especially when it comes to artists, if you do hair, like one of my girlfriends has a hair salon and all her friends and family want to get hooked up for free. And I'm like, if they're your friends or family, they should be paying and then tipping you something great. Exactly. They should be tipping more than the average. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I feel like you should rely on your friends to support you in that way. And people lose sight of that, especially in LA. It's all about just take, take, take and getting ahead. And that's also another, I guess, the last thing of my TED talk, and I'll just shut the hell up. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the last thing is when you go into it with intention, um, I noticed that one thing that's kind of set me apart with other people uh, just in the world of, of glam styling um, is I go into it with the perspective of one, how can I help the person? What are they going to get from it? It's not always about what you can win from the situation. And that's so tough because especially if you're driven, like, what am I going to get from this? How is this going to better my career? How am I going to make money? It's always a step to getting ahead. Everyone's always on the a fast track of like hustling. Mm -hmm. But if you just like, don't go into it with that and think like, if I style you, Blake, like, I just want you to feel good. I'm not looking to get your contacts or trying to like move forward and work with all the other bachelor people. Like, let me just make this about you. And then if I go into it with that pure intention, I have a feeling you'll end up just because you enjoyed it so much, want me to work with your friends. And, and mm -hmm. then it naturally happens when you feel too eager or thirsty for it, it. You can smell that again, a mile away, just like being inauthentic and people get turned off by it. So it, I feel like you got to just, it's hard sometimes to be in that headspace, but it's like, it really makes a difference for sure. Yeah. Especially in my business. Yeah. You and I have the exact same, like, story here really wait are you a fashionist oh my god no i do i'm so i'm like a marketing agent but i do it for like athletes which then snowballed oh. into like country music relationships and now the bachelor relationships oh, wow like i'm understanding everything you're saying because that's what i did yeah it, it takes a long time to know your value when you're in our position because like a lot of times i would just set up deals and get people money but never take anything like you want to kick me something that's cool yeah but now it's like no I have a percentage. This is what we're doing. Like, yeah, sometimes it's an awkward conversation. It is the worst elephant in the room a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that's that's the other thing too. I still don't feel like I know my value a lot of times because yeah. it's like, yes, because like we're still boys and like don't want to overstep that boundary, but then you have to. Yeah, yeah. And there's certain people that I've had in my career that like like Jason, for example, Jason Tardy. You know, he's very straight up with like, no, how much how much do you charge? You know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, this is it. This is the number. And if I charge anything less than this, then I'm paying to style you, which is never going to happen. So <laughs> let's figure this out. Not that big of a deal, Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but he's a numbers guy, so he gets it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, I, I have to say, like, making sure, you know, you kind of just start to you know, go into it knowing, like, what your value is. That really, that's tough, but it, it does help in the long run. And also, it's crazy because I've noticed that sometimes, like, especially when it comes to fashion, people will be in like emergency situations and they're going to say and do anything, whatever your rate, whatever you need, like people will say and do anything because they're so in a, that moment of desperation. I get that. Um, but when, and then I help them because I'm a, a natural, like 
I'm a cancer sign. I don't know if that makes sense or, mm-hmm. or it plays a part in me wanting to always help. Well, in, well, in my industry, I'm the worst because I'm a Pisces. So, oh shit, yeah, yeah, you're swimming in the waters with me. I think with little fish, I'm a crab over here. Very sensitive. Run all over me. It's cool. <laughs> Run all over me. Yeah. Well, what I've noticed though, when the dust settles and the moment's over and the adrenaline's done and that emergency, I'll do anything. Thank you so much. Oh, you're an angel. You're a hero. Low. Great. Yeah. Um, I'll use you for everything. Once that kind of high runs off and they get an invoice, the vibe completely changes. Yeah. Yeah. Then they don't want to pay. Or then they like the, that endorphin kick of like, remembering when I was like your little savior moment Mm. um, that wears off. And I'm very aware of that now. So even if it's an emergency sitch or, or it's an adrenaline or we need you last minute and everything in LA feels so last minute. Oh my, it's always a last minute mm-hmm. thing here and there. Um, so now I'm like, I got the deal memo ready. Boop. Like while you're in that moment, this is what it's going to cost. Uh, Are you good with this? Let's make sure. And also one last thing about what, <laughs> like on my freaking part four of my Ted talk is uh, this advice I think has helped a lot of people from my podcast too. But um, I noticed that you'll still have to do free gigs, right? Like that's just part of the game. You got to start somewhere. Um, but one thing I did, which helped tremendously in my career, and you could apply this to any sort of entrepreneurial service industry, is if you do a service for someone, like Blake, I style you and and I'm going to give you a one-off for free because I'm just new to the business and I just want your, I just want you to be my client, right? Um, I still will send you an invoice. You'll see exactly how much it would have cost with everything, alterations, whatever. And then at the end, I'll put void, you know, it's a one-time favor or something like that at the end. And I still send it in an email. I'll send it to your manager. You'll get that in the mail. But once you see that for, for my clients, at least they've been like, oh shit, you equate value with it. And they're realizing, cause you, if you're getting everything for free, it's like celebrities that get gifted everything. Mm-hmm. They forget the value totally. of stuff. I have clients all the time that get stuff sent and they're like, do you want this? And I'm like, this is like a $500 bag. Like <laughs> you're just acting like it's freaking, you know, forever 21. It's like really nice, but they just lose that idea of like the actual value of something. And that mm-hmm. happens with humans too, unfortunately in service industry. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, if you send that invoice and let people know, like, this is what it would have cost and I'm going to give you a discount or whatever, or free, then they just start to kind of get in that mindset of like, not only do you conduct business, but you have value to you and I'm getting a favor from you and something I should respect. It's a paradigm shift in the, the way they look at you as an artist. Cause there's the business side too. And it's, yeah, I, I had one client, I did a favor for her. Um, this was early on. I sent the invoice and she's so cool with me. Amazing friend. Okay. And then she got the invoice. Didn't see the void at the bottom. Sent me the most nasty email. Like, how dare you charge me? Like, and she was like, so her manager, lawyer, publicist, everyone's like, how dare you? And I was like, look at the end, Queen. Like, yeah, it's good. It's free on the house. (laughs) But that kind of like kind of solidified that idea of like, wow, when she had to pay. She freaked out. Yeah. Um, exactly, so yeah. Just, that's, I mean, that's, that's not going to be a client I want to work with. Great idea. In the like, I mean, and as far as business, and a lot of what you said, like knowing your worth and everything, that works for literally any job, any career. Because even if it's corporate, yeah. you're sitting there and you, you see, you know, your coworkers doing half the work and these make just as much money as you. You know, you're like, what the fuck? You know, Sucks. so knowing your worth is one of the most important things, I think, just in, in any career, really. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. This is it. I think I definitely need you to style me at some point, though. Me and Eric yes. were talking. I am one of those people who I am very confident what I wear. I wear jeans, cowboy boots, and t-shirt. Oh, you do? You wear cowboy boots? I'm a big cowboy boot guy. That's really? all I wear. 
he might only have one or two pair of jeans and three or four shirts, but like, I wear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold up. I, Cause I've tried wearing cowboy boots. They're like not comfortable at all. Are yours just broken in now? They yeah. feel amazing. Exactly. Once you break them in there, they'll never take them off. Like, but I get, they are very hard to get broken into, but once they're broken in, they're incredible. Cause they just mold your feet so perfectly. And stuff. where are you from Blake? So I grew up in the mountains here. I grew up in the mountains here. I went to college out in Nebraska and stuff. My stepdad is like a legit cowboy. And he has wow. given me down cowboy boots. And those are the ones I wear all the time. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you really threw a curveball on Instagram. <laughs> with them. Listen, friggin- I feel like you trying to style me would be interesting. Like- it would be incredible. Blake, <laughs> yeah. let's have a moment. Sure. You know what that's called? It's what we just talked about. That's that free internet swag influencer yeah. swag if you will. <laughs> but that's i don't but i don't i get free internet swag all the time i don't fucking wear it i still stick to my h&m fucking long t-shirt this, this guy will wear one yeah. hat until it's sweated through yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's wearing a new hat tonight a happy camper hat i, I see. am wearing uh, a happy camper i hat. love but, it yeah if you can go through our instagrams and then invoice us with the free at the bottom <laughs> and uh <laughs> No, I'm down to uh, definitely give you a little change up, you know, just to spice it up once in a while, Blake. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Well, I I tell you what, the next red carpet I walk low, I'm going to hit you up. So I'm going to ask an honest fashion advice question for myself here. Okay. Because I'm I'm a little bit bigger and I, I, I always do wear a hoodie. Always. It could be a, I'm in Palm Springs for stagecoach, 118. I'll wear a hoodie. Really? It's kind of my thing. I get it. Because like, I'm a little big, like t-shirts don't fit me good plus i'm taller i'm a lot like more torso than legs so stuff is too short on me it looks like a crop top basically <laughs> like regular cuts how tall are you like six three six four if i stand up straight okay but i'm all torso shit for legs i think i have like 30 inch legs like or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> like what would you wear to be comfortable in the summer for a taller, bigger gentleman like myself. Okay. Well, I do dress athletes. Because I love like the hem shirts, but they just don't lay right. Yeah. Well, like the curved swoop what I us- Yeah. What I usually do for my guys that are like six, one and up, and you got to go the custom route. And actually, it's not that expensive to go custom. If you get a shirt, like I'll actually literally reconstruct a shirt for a guy. Like we'll buy a big ass shirt that's like so oversized um, and then I take it to a seamstress, but like seamstress don't charge that much for it. I mean, it depends on where you're at, but like mine's amazing. Like, don't worry, we got you covered, Eric. Um, and basically, you'll just it have to shock some, the world if I was not shock the world. You yeah. just have some nice, um, like a button down shirt, you know, that's an yeah. easy one to wear, but as long as it hits the right proportion, so you feel good in it. Um, so I would do something like that and go the custom route nowadays. Yeah. Like that's not, oh, that's like every button down shirt, like suits, everything I have is all custom. Cause I work with athletes. So that's my job. Okay. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. So I work with the biggest fucking mm-hmm. individuals in the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like physically. Yeah. Like yeah. six, like, eight, three twenty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But even like, like t-shirts, like you don't love like a t-shirt cause it doesn't lay right. But if you do a t-shirt, throw a little bomber jacket on with that, some nice jeans, you know, like that's a good vibe. Oh, I have tons of those. Okay, so we're doing bomber jackets and hoodies is like number one. We'll be rocking a bomber tomorrow night in Cleveland. But I'm going to, after we're done with this podcast, I'm going to look up brands that I love um, that you might be interested in that are great for like taller dudes. 
Sweet. That'd be awesome. Appreciate it. I knew we would love having you on low, you know, now we're going to walk out of here with some new brands to wear. I love fashion. <laughs> like I'm all about like yeah. swag. For sure. See, but my brand now is not being stylish. <laughs> like, yeah, you are, you're Mr. Stagecoach. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like not a little nipple. My Blake cutoffs, good. I wear either cutoff shirts or a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, so. Blake, right now though, like if I Googled like America, like you. <laughs> well, this is a. <laughs> you're literally wearing like USA shirt. Oh, fuck. I have a camel hat. <laughs> yeah. And you have a fucking have a guitar fucking... in the background. <laughs> Freaking Duck Dynasty. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, country's <laughs> finest. I love it though. I mean, it's a vibe. He probably it's... has wool socks on and fucking black army boots too. Right now, <laughs> with his shorts. I don't own any army, but it's pretty funny that I wore a USA and a camel hat tonight. Yeah, that's fucking fun. I haven't worn this in a year. <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, but yeah, I'll be reaching out to you for sure, man. So it's, it's good having you on, man. It's great talking again. I would love to come back anytime you want yeah. me to come on, shoot the shit with you guys. Um, I'd love to to hang with you guys. This is great. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about your podcast, man. Oh, yeah. The Low Life Podcast. What a freaking hot mess express that's been. <laughs> but it's, you know what? We have some great listeners and I expected it to last like 10 episodes and then I'd be dropped from the network and no one would listen. Um, but now we're 40 something episodes in. It's doing very well and people are seeming to love it. So that's great. But we um, basically, are you familiar with Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow Vibes? You know no. who she is, right? I know Jeep who Paltrow. Paltrow is, yes. You've never heard of Goop, boo-boo? Mm-mm, Get the hell out. <laughs> Eric, have you heard of Goop? No. What? I have not. Hold, hold on. Okay, wait. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow has built this like million dollars. No, I'm sure it's like hundreds of millions at this point. Um, this empire, Goop, it's a website, but it's turned into she has a show on Netflix, Goop, and it's a lifestyle. It's a whole brand. Anything that has the Goop label, stamp of approval, and it's always like bougie shit, like expensive stuff. Like she'll recommend like this coffee is the best coffee ever. It's kind of like Oprah's like type lists, but That's more for like thinking, yeah. white rich people or aspirational people that like want to live a goopy lifestyle. Um, but it's everything from travel to beauty products to freaking shamans. I mean, some of the stuff she recommends, like she uh, recommended like this, like it's called the vagina candle or something like that. Um, and it like sold off the shelves and like, <laughs> like anything she recommends people go nuts. If she recommends like a, like a CBD, uh, I think it was CBD, like uh, lubricant, whatever for masturbating. And it just like, it sold out in a snap. That's why. Um, so that being said, I bring that up because mine's kind of like goop with, I recommend a lot of great things. It's just more of like bootleg version for the people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're doing So what are you calling that? What is that called? Poop, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> the, the Low Life Podcast, it's all my curiosities of life. So I we, we talk sex, politics, religion, fashion, entertainment, kind of cover everything. Um, and luckily, because I've been in this miserable uh, land of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Lost souls. No, but I've, it's, it's a wonderful place to live. It's interesting. I've met some crazy people, fascinating entrepreneurs, self-made people, actors, all different types uh, in this business. So now I'm using those relationships and I'm able to bring them on and, and have them as guests. It's been really fun. So it's, you always get something from the, the podcast. There's always some sort of like a little takeaway, which is kind of yeah. nice. That was the goal. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll say, I think I'm coming on it here soon. I think, I think I'm Absolutely. on the calendar, I believe. So, oh yeah. yeah. Cannot wait to have you on. 
Yeah, no, it's gonna be a good one, man. Yeah. Uh, awesome, and where can everybody find you on Instagram and on all that kind of? So, uh, Low Life Podcast. That's on Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. I think we're both with Podcast Nation. Yep. Yep. Um, so there's that, and then also, oh, on the gram, um, and that's like Twitter is the same. It's S T Y L E L V R Style L V R, um, which is my initial Style Lover cool. acronym. So there's Amen. that. Yeah. So awesome. Everybody go follow him and go check out his podcast, Low Life Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, man. Again, great having you on. Good to Aww. get to know you even more. You know, now I know. and it was great to meet you. Maybe Blake will remember you this time. Yeah. Hey, the first time I was <laughs> definitely a couple bottles of wine deep. For I sure. was too. So, fair yeah, is yeah. fair. No worries. Yeah. Anyway, it was really nice to see you guys, Eric and Blake, two kings. I freaking love it. All right, <laughs> Thanks, guys. man. We'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Bye. Behind the Rose is recorded live at the world-famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. Be sure to go check out our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast and follow us so you always know when we drop a new episode. And give us all five of those stars. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Behind the Rose.